Okay, people, it is that time of a week again. Are you ready for another Echoes from the Void, baby? All right, so, um, yeah, let, let's, let, let's start with this one because, you know, yeah, to be honest, I have to agree with it, right? So, major colleges in the States are being asked to end their uh, decade-old tradition. Well, longer than a decade, you know what I mean? Because if you are an alumni of the, the college, you know what I mean? Your kids got a boost in their application. Right, which and look, we know it, we've seen it. If you, you're an alumni, you donate money, right? You buy a wing. How many times has this been being played on in shows like um castle and things like that, right? To to stop their kid from getting expelled or in trouble, they donate, oh I'll buy you a library, oh do right. It's a thing that happens, and so if you don't come from someone who's previously been there, it hurts your chances of getting in. So I will say, yeah, it should just be on straight merit, <laughs> right? Well, why should dynasty come into this shit, right? If, if you're smart enough, fine. You go where you where you can go. If you're not, why the fuck are you taking up a space here? It's, it's not saying because you can still get an education somewhere else, but that spot is for people that meet a certain educational situation. Now, there are other things that can factor into all of that, like opportunities. You know what I mean? Like if a school's in a bad district, they don't have the same resources, the same level of teaching. There's all kind of things that should be factored in over, hmm, did your granddaddy come here? You know what I mean? I, I mean, I'm sure people will disagree, but I, I feel that is a legitimate, a legitimate thing to uh, go, mm, maybe we change that, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it's not a load of news this week, but let's get into a few things, shall we? Okay, so as I mentioned, right, there's not a whole heap of news, a few little tidbits. Now, I think one of the big stories right now is um, Camellia, Valeva, right? She is the Russian skater, 15-year-old, 15-year-old skating sensation. Um, now, everyone thought she was going to win gold in the singles ice skating, but, you know what I mean, things went a bit off, right, because... Word started to come out that she failed drug tests, right, at the end of um, 2021, 
right? And you're just like, wait, how the fuck do you fail drug tests and it doesn't come to, and you're, you know what I mean? You get sent to the Winter Olympics? Like, what's, what's going down? And just the way all of it was handled is fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. The other crazy thing is, the news came from Russian media. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you kind of feel that they would be keeping it under wraps. Now, I imagine whoever did put the story out is either in hiding or in a gulag somewhere right now because you know you don't you don't put that sort of info out into the ether and uh, not get repercussions as we saw with Icarus you know what I mean yeah but man yeah things went kind of insane kind of insane you know because, yeah, she got flagged while um, she was, uh, when, you know, she competed in the Russian figure skating championships in St. Petersburg in, uh, at the end of December, right? It's on the 21st and 26th. And that was actually to determine who would compete in Beijing. Right, so that's a big thing. So you mean you get flagged there, but you still get it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, man, it's a rough one because they actually had to skate Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. You know what I mean? Which is just like, yo, don't get Christmas. That's a bit. I mean, but if you don't give a fuck about Christmas like me. Then yeah, you'd skate, right? Skate. And I, I, to be honest, right? If there's a chance of getting into the Olympics, obviously you're gonna say, yeah, fuck Christmas. I'll celebrate when I retire. You know what I mean? But yeah, she went on, she dominated. Dominated. Um high crazy high scores and like nearly 10 points ahead of the second place, right? She posted a 90.38. Second got 81.46. You know what I mean? So it's just, she's been killing her opposition. Killing her opposition. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the Rusada, Right, Russian anti-doping agency. They collected samples and they found performance enhancing drugs up in there. So she then competed at the European Figure Skating Championships uh, in Estonia from the 12th to the 16th. Um, you know, she did the individual competition. And yeah, she killed it, killed it again. I mean, just, 
trounced her opposition. You know? Um, but, yeah. You know, she's uh, still got this whole drug thing over her. But they're still letting her compete. Still letting her compete. Right? So... It's crazy because it came out, right? It came out that, you know, she uh, <laughs> she she had tested positive. But at the time, they were like, ah, you know what? We're still going to let her, we're still let her compete. We're still let her compete. Right, but then once the news fully hit, fully hit, it was just like everyone started to be like, "No, <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? This, nah, this ain't happening. This ain't happening." Um, but the weird thing was, right? It was like. They were going to let her compete, but if she finished in the top three, there wouldn't be a medal ceremony, right? Which is just, like, that's so unfair for everyone else, right? So unfair for everyone else. But it really does show. Firstly, Russia, I mean... Come on now, you're letting the Russian athletes compete under the um, the ROC flag, but they're still being sponsored by Russia. They're still Russian athletes, right? So even if they've got, they still represent the country. So Russia still wants them to win. So they're still gonna let them dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still. It's why the IOC is such a piece of shit, right? It's that weird thing that they just let go on because of the money, because of the money. But yeah, this was some crazy, like she didn't finish in the top three in the end. So, you know, it, 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 the, the other girls still got to do their thing and claim their medals. But this was just, just another showing that, yeah, Olympics is kind of fucked, man. Olympics is kind of fucked. So, uh, there is that. There is that. Now, <laughs> if um, that was crazy, then this whole fucking... Uh, Sherry Miller situation. Whew. Jeez. So, yeah, her husband, Bruce Miller, was shot in uh, Michigan, right? Found his body in a salvage yard, which always super suspicious. Super suspicious, right? Um... But, right, they, you know, they worked out who killed her. Jerry Cassidy, 
right? That was, a, he pulled the trigger. Um, but then it came out that Bruce's wife, Cherie, was his online girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, Cassidy is just like, oh, she's the woman of my dreams. I will do anything for her, right? Um, so, yeah, he went and killed her husband, right? He drove 800 miles to do this thing, which is insane. Because it said he was told that Bruce was abusive to Cherie, right? Which is just, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, Cassidy, though, killed himself in jail. Which then brought the story to light, right? Brought the story to light. And she had, you know, Cassidy wasn't her only guy on the internet. Right, where, where she'd be talking to these dudes and all of this kind of thing. Um, you know, she, she, uh, she did an episode of 2020, right? And she was like, um, she was seeing how much, said, I was seeing how much I could get away with, how much I could make somebody believe, which is just, Kind of insane. Now, she was charged with second-degree murder, right, and conspiracy to commit. But it is a weird one, right? Because saying to someone, ah, I think you should go and do this thing, it's, it's a bit like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, does that really make you? Because you shouldn't go and do a thing, right? It's insane that someone would do that on someone's word, right? When you don't know the facts. Someone's like, oh, this person is doing it. Like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of crazy. Now, she, look, She's definitely a piece of shit. Definitely a piece of shit. But it is kind of crazy that you're going to, um, you know, believe someone to that extent that you're going to kill their fucking other heart. Because you think, all right, if they're beating you up, like, go to the police, I'll support you, right? Divorce them, I'll support you. But it's like, you know what, I'm going to go kill them for you, right? That's the, that's the thing that blows your mind about the whole situation right there, you know? Yeah, it is, uh, it is crazy. It is crazy. Now, Snoop Dogg has been everywhere of late, right? Everywhere of late. Uh, and I think it might have taken notice, right? Because a uh, a former dancer, 
is suing him for sexual assault, right? Something that happened in 2013, which, I mean, I don't know, right? I don't, and I, it's not to say it didn't happen, but, and I've said this in the past, Why so long, right? Because, and listen, I understand why people, you know, feel I don't have a voice, I can't say anything, you know, they're, they're worried and all of that. But when the whole Me Too thing kicked off, when all of that kicked off and Weinstein went down and just all of that, Cosby happened, you know, I mean, just so many people, right? Um, Andre Harrell, right? There was, a, there was a documentary about him. I mean, there's just so many people, right? So many people. You think anyone would be like, oh, shit, this is a time, right? People are hearing our stories. People are acting. They're not discrediting. All right, I will, I'm, I'm going to say what happened to me. You feel so to, to wait until now, like it, I don't know, man. It, it it just seems it seems a little bit because even fucking Biden had those allegations thrown at him, which he was like, "Believe all women, don't believe those women," right? Kind of weird, but it, it just goes to show, right? So yeah, I do wonder. I do wonder why. Right? Why? And also, these things, they're always kind of there for something big to happen, right? So, this was issued the day before Snoop was hitting the Super Bowl, which, I mean, everyone knew he's hitting the Super Bowl. So, it, you kind of feel lawyers are sitting on, waiting, being like, all right, we're going to, this will get the most noise, right? This will get. And so, yeah, it's just a weird one. It is a weird situation. You know? Like, she says that he burst in on her while she was in um, the toilets. She, you know, being unwell and made her perform oral sex on her. Which, I don't know if you're really going to want an unwell woman to be... Uh, you know, he'd be like, yo, she might be being sick of my shit. I want that. Also, you know, I mean, she spasms or something. She might buy my shit off, right? Uh, which, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, definitely seems a weird one, right? But, yeah, I do not know. I don't know, man. It, it's, it's an odd it's an odd case. Now, Snoop obviously is denying it, right? He's denying it. Um, his lawyer's saying it's a shakedown scheme, which, again, we have seen people do, right? We've, we've seen people try this stuff all the time. So it's interesting. I do feel it's interesting to see, like, is this going to, you know, happen? 
because he's got you know the Super Bowl, he's got an album out. Right, it, it's like it feels like oh, this could be the time to get money. Right, could be the time to get money. Right, this Snoop obviously has money. He bought Death Row Records. Right, so yeah, it is intriguing. So um, yeah, I don't know, people. I don't know, but what I do know is we got some TV and fit and book coming your way. So let us get to that, shall we? Well, people were very happy, right, when the news hit that Ricky Gervais was going to do something he'd never done before, and that was make a third season of a show. You know, The Office, two seasons. Extras, two seasons. You know what I mean? Derek, two... I mean, you get the gist, right? <laughs> you get the gist. Um... So, yeah, you know, because people were fans of uh, Tony Johnson, right? And his adventures. So, Gervais, he created Afterlife. He wrote it. He directed it. You know, it had Andy Burroughs as the composer. Um, Gervais and Duncan Hayes executive produced. Charlie Hansen produced. Martin Hawkins was on cinematography. Joe Walker is the editor. Um, the episodes are about mm, half an hour, 25 minutes to half an hour, right? And each season had six episodes. So season three hit on the 14th. And to be honest with you, right, I was kind of content with the two, you know? I, I really liked the first season. It kind of, uh, I didn't know what to expect, but I enjoyed it. Season two, it was okay. It was okay. But I kind of was like, all right, I'm a little bit done with the character. But I was at a loose end, you know, as you do. So I decided to check out season three. And, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? A lot of the, uh, you know, main characters were back, so yeah, Chavez plays Johnson, um, we've got Tom Basden back as Matt Braden, Tony's brother-in-law, brother of Lisa, uh, Tony Way is Lenny, he's, um, friend and a photographer at the newspaper, Diane Morgan, as Kath, the ad manager. Um, we then had, uh, you know, all the flashbacks with Kerry Goodleman's Lisa Johnson, Tony's dead wife, Ashley Jansen as Emma, the nurse at the old people's home, nursing home, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, you've got um, poof, Penelope Wilton as the old woman Tony talks to at the graveyard. Joe Wilkinson as the postman, Pat, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, his dad makes appearances in flashbacks. 
right? Yeah, you know, the, I think the main the main people are there. All right, Brian, played by David Earl. You know, he's in it. Joe Hartley's back as June Lenny's girlfriend. You know, James, her son, played by Ethan Lawrence. Ken Otley, the Amdram person, played by Colin Holt. So, yeah, you know, we've got all of these. And there's a new character at the Gazette called Kath. No, she's Kath Colleen. 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 Yes, yeah, played by Kath Hughes. Right, so um, yeah, and of course the dog was there. You know what I mean? It wouldn't wouldn't be afterlife without the dog, right? So yeah, I I thought I'd give it a go. I'll give it a go, and I hated. Oh my god! It started off, and we've just got this kind of um montage. Right, we see all the characters and they're all happy and it irritates me so much. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, there's moments of this show where I just felt irrational. Because I was just like, God damn it, this is irritating. Why is this so irritating? Right? Just seeing all these people happy and smiling and just like ugh. ugh. And the other thing that, I don't know, irritated me, all the videos, right? He's always watching a video of his ex-wife. I don't know why that irritated me, right? It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, it didn't make any sense. But I'm looking at him like, how many fucking videos have you got? Right? Did you motherfuckers live life? Or were you always videotaping it? This is ridiculous. Every single fucking moment, there's a video. Like, why would you tape her making drinks? Right? Why would you tape? Like, it was just... And then they, you know, it's all the pranks and all this kind of thing. And you're just like, wait, wait, wait. who's jumping like that in your own fucking house? Right? If it, if it was outside, I could get it. You're in your house. Who like the doors are shut? But who are you thinking would be doing? Like what? What is happening here? What is going on? In reality, right? It, it's just a couple making videos. It's not a big deal. But yeah, those things just irritated me. I mean, what can I say, people? What can I say? I and I, I you know, I I was worrying. Yeah, I was like, ugh, this is going to completely suck, isn't it? But I watched all of it in one sitting. You know what I mean? I watched it all in one sitting. And like with the first two seasons, there are these really nice little moments in the show, right? There, there's this point when June, yeah, Lenny has told something to June which Tony told to Lenny. Mm, not so much told, Lenny just found it out kind of thing. And yeah, he told June, obviously. And June says this very nice thing to Tony. 
right? Just about love and life and just all of this. And it was a nice little moment. It was a little, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. It was a little cliched, you know what I mean? But it was, it was nice. It was a nice moment. And yeah, there was a, a few of these really nice little moments throughout the show. And it's those that kind of keep you coming back, you know, that make you smile and make you go, okay. Yeah, and then there's these, there was amusing moments. I wouldn't say I laughed out loud, but, you know, did the corners of the mouth did curl up. A little grin, you know what I mean? A little, <laughs> okay, okay. You know, so we had some swingers, right? We had an author who, uh, you know, writing... What does she call it? A, a, a cross between medical and erotic fiction, which was just so bad, so bad. But, it, you know, it was just like, oh, my days. <laughs> and you smiled, right? Th those things were, those things, yeah, they were amusing, you know? And it was, it was like these, you know, it because these people came, we came across them during their, interviews for the paper you know because we always saw Tony and Lenny go out he'd ask some questions Lenny would take a photo take a photo but never really frame the photos right oh yeah always just saw Lenny just go smile and just, and just like are they in focus like what are you seeing like you're a shit photographer 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 I mean, like the the whole interviews were just wait. That's it. That's all. you like, what's happening here? You know, it was a bit like the whole paper element was very thin. <laughs> you know what I mean, it was very thin. But yeah, it, it, it's you know, there is this charm about it all. Now, I will say, I did think this season it felt a little forced a lot of the time, right? You had these conversations, you know, between Tony and, oh, I forgot her name again, the old woman on the bench, you know? And it was just, yeah, it just felt unnatural. A lot of the conversations, you just like, that's, it's not a real conversation, man. It's not how people would interact. And yes, it's a comedy, but I thought in the first two seasons, the first especially, right, there was this charm, I would say, this charm about the interactions, where although, right, obviously, it felt a little bit, you know, but there was still an honesty and realness in it all. But we've kind of lost that a bit in this one. You know, like, Kath is on this search for love. And, it, like, in the other seasons, she's off-key. <laughs> you know what I mean? She says some shit, and you're just like, what are you, what? You know, and she wants to think that she's something. But... There was still, it, it was silly, but you're just like, yeah, I know people like that. 
in this one, it, it's like she does come off as a, they I don't know, it felt like they dumbed her down a bit, right? Because some of the things she's asking, you're just like, what? Like a grown person isn't asking that question, right? You would know the answer. Now you might coach a question a, a kind of on a similar subject, but it would be in a different context. But yeah, some of the things it was like there was a bit where she's, "What does a dog eat?" And you're just like, I "Even a dum dum could make a stab, right? Even if you didn't have a dog, you go to a supermarket, you're gonna see dog food, right? Just from walking around, you're you're gonna see dog food. The adverts, and tea. like, is it, it, it? You know, dogs are in films, they're in TV shows. It, it's not like anyone would be like, I have no clue what to feed a dog. Now, you might, you know, f make some weird assumptions and be like, oh, I wonder if a dog would eat sushi. Which I guess some dogs probably would, you know what I mean? But yeah, it, it was like, what what are we doing here? What what's going on? Then you know, there's also there was other characters that kind of came into it who we had reference to, and you just like ah, like these interactions are weird. You know, like ex-wives and all of this kind of thing. You're just like, eh, that's not really, like, why? Why is this, you know? And James, why would he want to watch a video of, oh, is it, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. There's some weird shit. Weird shit. Like, this new character, Colleen, Colleen, however you pronounce the friggin' name. But it did seem that she is there to be a reflection of Tony, right? Oh, if Tony can be depressed, she could be even more depressed. And it's just like, oh, what? What, what? What's happening here? You know? What's happening here? It was, a, it, it was a, especially when it's just like how she explained she got the job. And you're just like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was a bit dumb. It was a bit dumb. And I just thought these things did take away from the show a bit, right? It, it wasn't as good as it had been. It's not to say it was rubbish. It wasn't rubbish, right? There's still this Ah, I don't know, man. This nice little element about it. As I said, like, you've still got these, some really nice interactions and, and moments. But there's other things that went down that was just a bit like, like the weird yoga towards the end. That was just a bit weird, right? That was a bit weird. Ain't gonna lie. And then I just thought, the, the tying of up, tying up of things, right? Those checks, which you were just like, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Who's doing that shit? You know what I mean? But, hey, it's now done, right? Because 
yeah, he Gervais said three and done. That that's it. He he wouldn't make a fourth, and I'm glad. I'm glad we're not getting a fourth because yeah, I don't I don't really think you can do anything more with this character. Because I mean that that did start to irritate me because I'm just like, all right, dude, I know your wife died, but she's been dead for a while now, like. Just fucking fix up, man. Fix up, Tony. You know? But yeah, I think my um I think my heart died with COVID. <laughs> oh shit. You know what I mean? Because listen, when you look, people still love the show. So that's that's great. That's great. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. For me, it wasn't as strong as the first season. And even the second, which wasn't as good as the first. But, you know, still wasn't bad. You know, still wasn't bad. I, I, I would say if you if you were fans of the second, if you really enjoyed the second season, then, yeah, this, you'll, you'll like it. You'll like it. And, I, I, you know, I think most people probably enjoyed the way it was all wrapped up and all of that kind of jazz. So it is now on Netflix, people. Go check it out. It is Afterlife. Okay, people. So I don't usually do this, right? I've done it a couple of times, maybe, where I've talked about a book which I just couldn't finish. Couldn't finish. And uh, yeah, Ready Player Two is another one of those goddamn books. Right. So again, it is, you know, I should say, right. It's a sequel to Ready Player One. It's by Ernest Klein. And the audiobook is again read by Will Wheaton. Right. Um, so the book. Right. The book. Now, Walter Stones says this. Fizzing with wit and invention, the elite eagerly awaited sequel to the cult classic. I don't know about being a cult classic, but anyway, the cult classic Ready Player One is a bravoa, bravoa, brava, I don't know, mashup of high octane gaming adventure and 1980s pop culture. The actual blurb is, days after winning Oasis founder James Halliday's contest, Wade Watts makes a discovery that changes everything. Hidden within Holiday's vaults, waiting for his heir to find it, lies a technological advancement that will once again change the world and make the oasis a thousand times more wondrous and addictive than even Wade dreamed possible. With it comes a new riddle and a new quest, a last Easter egg from Holiday hinting at a mysterious prize, and an unexpected, impossibly powerful and dangerous new rival awaits, one who will kill millions to get what he wants. Wade's life and the future of the Oasis are again at stake. 
But this time, the fate of humanity also hangs in the balance. Lovingly nostalgic and widely original, as only Ernest Klein could conceive it, Ready Player Two takes us on another imaginative, fun, action-packed adventure through his beloved virtual universe and jolts us thrillingly into a future once again. So, uh, yes, there you go. Now, the thing is, Ready Player One came out in 2011. So this, like, Ready Player Two came out in 2020, right? And... He kind of feel, I don't think the book needed a sequel. You know what I mean? I don't need it, think it needed a sequel. And you feel, and Klein has also said it, because the film was so successful that, you know, it kind of drove him to write the sequel, you know? And the sequel has already been optioned for a film. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But, Man, I I could not finish this book. Couldn't finish this book. I'd kind of held off of um getting it for a while. You know, just because I was like, I don't know. I didn't, yeah. Because I, I remember reading the first one and going, you know what? I like it. I like it. And I watched it. Then when the film was coming out, I did the book again. And I hated it. <laughs> it irritated the fuck out of me. Oh my gosh, it really did. Right. And what I found is the film did clear up some of the, the rubbish shit. A bit like the Harry Potter films, you know, it's still awful, but did tidy up some of the awful writing in the books. Um but yeah, it, it, it's still just kind of dumb, right? And and kind of dumb, what I mean is way too many references. It's so steeped in, it's like that irritating person that you know, that loves something, you know, a film or a, a music artist so much, and they always want to shoehorn references and things into every conversation right bring everything back to that one thing and you're just like yo son understand you like this thing which is cool i don't care right you can love it i don't care but stop forcing it down my fucking throat just stop doing it because it's irritating shit out of me Please, you know what I mean? That's what it is. So I, I, I started this, and firstly, it's the whole second quest, which, yeah, come on. <laughs> come on. That's just some ridiculous shit. Because when you, like, in the first one, the way it's talked about in that first quest Right, that that's just like boom, this is it. So then to go, oh, oh, by the way, <laughs> there is this other thing as well. You know what I mean? Which you'd kind of think, come on, man, that would have been mentioned. It would have been mentioned. 
Plus, when you find out what this thing is, it's like there is no way you'd keep that quiet. Like, even when they try to explain it, like, well, there was like all these different groups working on separate bits and blah, 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 blah. And you'd be like, no, no, you can't keep that quiet. Right. How many times you're in a, a new iPhone or something is coming? There's all those leaks, all those leaks and rumors about, oh, I believe it's having this or it's having that or blah, 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 blah. And Obviously, some of them are false. Some of them are right, though. Right? Or they have a portion of it right. You know what I mean? So there's always going to be info that comes out. So for this to be like, oh, this was able to... No. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. And then the way everyone is, like, on it. The way everyone is on it, you're just like, really? Really? Is that what we are going to believe? That all these people are like, yes, this is the way. Because we saw the issues in the first one, right? With the whole Oasis and how, um, Man, I forget that other organization was trying to take people out and, you know, they killed the, uh, oh, is it Kato? The, the Japanese cat. They killed the older one, threw him off the balcony when he was still long. Right. So it's just like, yo, we saw an issue. And now you're you're down with this thing. Come on. So there's that. Then it's just talking about Wade and Samantha being in love, right? Because it was that whole thing when he's just like, I love you. And it's just like, you haven't even met her in real life. So you're a dumbass, right? And then, I mean, the film was irritating because the birthmark on her face was nothing. And it's just like, ah, shut the fuck up, man. Right? In the book, it's, it's, you know, more significant and you'd be like why wouldn't you make it more significant right and that would really kind of demonstrate oh this shit don't really matter you know what I mean but just a little bit of a <laughs> firstly you could conceal that shit right you, you know what I mean it was it was that was dumb but then just this whole thing of them being in love and blah blah boom, and just a space of time. You be like, just no, you're in lust. That's fine. That's fine. I ain't got an issue with that. But let's stop with this hyperbolic bullshit. You feel me? But it's like uh, it it it's it still bogged in that. Oh, we've got to make all these references to 80s films or music or blah. And you're just like, okay. You're in it's like, um, he, he's taking up running, right? So instead of just running and maybe listening to a fun soundtrack, it's like, oh, so I, I created this Temple of Doom running track and I'm ch being chased by boulders and people from the, and it's just like, 
<sighs> okay. Are we really going to do? And he's not just running in normal running gear. He's dressed up like Indiana Jones. And you're just like, oh, do we? Do we have to? <laughs> do we have to do this? Like, really? Then there's a bit. There's a. I think one of the, the things that really just made me go. Oh, there was. Well, there was two things, really. There's a bit where it's just like another weeble fucking reference and it's just like oh just like a weeble weebles fall but they don't fall down and you're just like no no (laughs) like why are we doing this like that i swear that was in the first book like we don't need to rehash we don't need to rehash and then when the big bad is revealed you're just like no that that was me. I had to tap out. I'm like, this is Highlander free. This is fucking Highlander free. And I know I reference that so many times, but you get it's such a great reference, right? This Highlander free is the perfect analogy for some lazy ass shit. The first Highlander is incredible. I love that film. Love that film. It's so good. We don't even need to talk about Highlander 2 because that made no sense. <laughs> no sense after what the first film had established. And then Highlander 3, they just tried to recreate the first one. Try like beat for beat, they tried to recreate it. But it's just like, no, it's not working. It's not working, man. What are you doing? You know what I mean? And and that's what Ready Player Two seemed like. That they were just trying to copy it. And the other big thing is, this motherfucker whines so much. Oh, my God. It's like, I thought, I don't know if I've read a character whine so much than Harry Potter in the Order of the Phoenix. That's the big yellow book, right? I feel that's that one. Order of the, I think that's the name of that book, right? And three quarters of that book is just Harry fucking whining like an arsehole. And that's this in this book. God damn, where he's whining. It's just like, oh, everyone else is living better lives than me. And he's just like, bitch, you can live that life. You got all this money. You have all this my, like, there's a point when everyone gives him their portion of this thing. And you're like, why the fuck would they do that? You know what I mean? It's just like, that makes no sense, right? Why would they do that? That's some dumb shit. But, yeah, he, he's just constantly whining about, oh, how these people are living their life and doing their thing. And, oh, I don't get that. And I've got no friends. And blah, 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 blah. Have this. Then we have this whole... It's It really felt like they'd forced in this trans character. And listen, it's not saying there can't be a trans character. Not saying that. It's just the way this character comes in is just so forced. And then we get the, oh, well, the thing is, 
I've tried it all in the Oasis. And boop, 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 boop. It's just like, oh, fuck off. This is so lazy. You know what I mean? Really just being like, oh, let's try and tick this box and let's tick that box. It, it, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Couldn't do it. Had to jump out. I mean, everything was, it was either, uh, you know, just rehashing the first book or just taking elements from all these other books, you know what I mean? Like, create a seed ship and, you know what I mean, this planet's being destroyed, we need to fix it, we need to leave, we need to do, uh, just like, ah, Jesus Christ, no. Yeah, so, um... You know, and I, I, here's the thing, right? Because Klein, you know, what I mean, he he does, uh, he did, you know, Ready Player One, which was which huge, but then his other books, right? I, I just hate them. <laughs> like Armada wasn't wasn't very good. It just wasn't very good, man. You know, and and so when you read it, it's just like, uh, yeah, okay, yes. That I mean, this makes sense. You know, it, it, it because it's not great. <laughs> it's it's not great, and you can see. You can see that in Ready Player Two, and as I said, like what the second time I read Ready Player One, it was, you know, it it just felt lazy, like just you know just all these, oh let's reference this film and let's reference this book and oh this song is you know this character likes this song so I have to like this song and it, it just all of this and it's just like. Yo, where where's your own personality, motherfucker? You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, dear, oh dear. But listen, people are gonna love it. That's cool. That's cool. I have no issue with people loving this book. You know what I mean? Loving the first book. It, 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 we all have things that we prefer. Right, I could list a whole lot of books and films I enjoy, and people are gonna be like, Oh, I don't like that, which is fine, which is fine. But yeah, this it just didn't, it didn't work, didn't work for me, man, didn't work for me. And so, yeah, I had to bounce, yeah. And it was, you know, what I mean, when the um, the big bad is revealed, it was just like, nah. <laughs> and the big bad is revealed real early. Yeah, you know I mean? so I was just like, gotta tap out, gotta tap out, and just all the arguments and the whining, the pop culture fucking bullshit. It yeah, wasn't for me. But if you love, 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 love the first book, if you loved Armada, you know what I mean? Then I I feel if you loved Armada, that's the real litmus test then Ready Player Two could very well be your thing, people. Could very well be your thing. And, you know, Will Wheaton does read the audio book. So although I thought it was trash, 
Will Wheaton does, you know, he is very good at narrating. So there is that. But not good enough to make me finish it. <laughs> but people, there you go. That's my my, my views of ready playing. Okay, so before we bounce from another episode, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV, shall we, people? So there's a couple of um, new series that are popping real soon, right, in the coming weeks. So over at HBO Max, they've got a new pirate series called Our Flag Means Death, right? It is, um, yeah, it's been announced. It will be hitting the screen on the 3rd of March, right? It's going to be six episodes. It is showrun by David Jenkins, right? Um, it will be starring Reese Darby, Nat Faxon, Fred Armisen, Rory Kinner, Joel Fry, Leslie Jones, Ewan Bremer, Con O'Neill, and Tahiki Watiti. Um, Watiti is also an executive producer and he directs the pilot episode. So it is loosely based on Steed Bonnet a pampered 18th century aristocrat who abandoned his life of privilege to become a gentleman pirate. And that was a big thing, right? It was the pirateers who were employed to mop up after Waterloo, right? I think that was one of the big kind of things. And because then there was a truce, kind of thing between England and France. It was just like, all right, these pirates, we don't know them. You know what I mean? It was one of them kind of things, right? Um, so now um, he's a captain of a pirate ship. He struggles to earn the respect of his potentially mutinous crew. His fortunes change after a fateful run-in with the infamous Captain Blackbeard, who is being played by Watiti. So, uh, hey, that's fun. Right? That's fun. Now, also um, dropping in March and, uh, you know, the the day after, <laughs> on the 4th, is the um, new cartoon entry in the boys universe, right? It's called The Boys Presents Diabolical. Boom, boom, boom. So we're getting eight episodes, which are between 12 and 14 minutes. So nice little snippets. Each episode has its own animation style. And they will give us unseen stories within the boys' universe. <laughs> so the, um, yeah, the, the, the people giving voice to these creations will be Aquafina, Gareth Ennis, Elliot Glazer, and Ilana Glazer, 
Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen, um, we go. Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen, Simon Rathapaka, Justin Royland, Ben Boyeth, Andy Sandberg, and Aisha Tyler. So, uh, yeah. I, it'd be interesting. Be interesting to see what they do with that one. Um, now this is, hey, it makes sense, right? But Paramount Plus they're expanding globally, right? So one little move that they decided to do is a branch out their NCIS universe, right? This um their naval crime drama franchise, right? So they're doing NCIS Sydney, <laughs> right? And I mean, also, right? Shane Brennan, who created um, NCIS Los Angeles, is Australian. Right, so they've got him, so he's gonna, you know, anchor this new uh, Sydney situation, right? And also, it's going to be um, jointly distributed by Australia's Network 10. So they're going to, um, you know, feature a lot of homegrown talent. And they're going to be focusing on local stories, which, yeah, obviously, it's not going to be called NCIS Sydney. And they'll be like, oh, something's happening in New York. Let's go and deal with that. Yeah, come on, man. Come on. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So uh, it's going to be hitting air in 2023. So, we also know that Futurama is coming back to Hulu. It might be without one of the stars, because the original voice cast, right? Everyone's coming back. You know, David X. Cohen and Matt Greening, they're going to be, you know, they created it. They're coming back, right? Along with Billy West. Katie Sagal, Trez McNeil, Morris Lamosh, uh, Lauren Torn, Phil Lamar, and David Herman. They're all back, but, but it sounds like John DiMaggio, who voiced Bender, the robot, might not be coming back. Right, he put out a statement on social media because that's where people issue statements these days. Right, uh, it says, I've been thinking about everything that's been going on these past months, and just to be clear, I don't think that only I deserve to be paid more, I think the entire cast does. Negotiations are a natural part of working in show business. Everyone has a different strategy and a different boundaries. Some accept offers, some hold their ground. 
Benja is part of my soul and nothing about this is meant to be disrespectful to the fans or my Futurama family. It's about self-respect and honestly, it's about being tired of an industry that's become far too corporate and takes advantage of artists' time and talent. I wish I could give you every detail so you would understand, but it's not my place. Thanks again for the love, everyone. Still hoping for the best. The one thing that is amusing about that, and I'm not saying it's not true, but to be like, I would tell you, but it's not my place. I'm just like, why didn't say it? You know what I mean? And then be like, oh, it's not disrespectful to my fellow Futurama family, which he, he means the other voice actors and creators and all of that. But then he's like, but it's about self-respect. So in that, you're saying, no, like, I'm not cussing them, but they don't respect themselves. I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is an odd statement. And listen, he's shooting Interview with a Vampire right now. So... I mean, that's a big franchise. So he's like, yeah, he don't have to worry about monies, right? So you kind of get it. I know, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that, right? We'll see what happens with that. Um, so let's end with some more HBO news because, boy, they've got some big shit happening, right? So... um. They're doing a limited series of Justin Benton's book, We Own This City. Um, it's about the Baltimore Police Department, right? And their gun trace task force, which explores um, internal corruption and how the actions of the task force affect the city at large with mass arrests and drug pro prohibition policies being favoured over actual police work. It's going to be starring John Bethanel, Wumi Muzuku, Jamie Hector, Josh Childs, McKinley Bleacher III, and Dagmara Domovich. Um, also Trent, Trent Williams um Jamone Crawford and Dominic Lombazio. Uh, yeah, it's created by George Helicanos and David Sims. And you might recognize the voice, the names, because they're behind The Wire and Treme, right? So, uh, yeah, you kind of feel with that pedigree, it should be good, right? And it's directed by um, an executive produced by Ronaldo Marcus Green. All right, so um, that will be hitting on the 25th of April. So uh, mark that date down, people. Actually, you might as well mark down the day before, right? Because that is when the third season of Barry is going to be hitting, right? So um, Bill Hader is back and all your fun crew. So 24th and 25th, a date for you. 
Now, we don't know the day, but the time traveler's wife, you know, which is being written by Stephen Moffat, is also hitting this time, this sometime this year in the spring. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's a obviously it's an adaptation of Audrey Nifenger's um, book of the same name. We had the film, remember, um, or back early two thousands, I feel that was right. So um, in this version, Claire is played by Rose Leslie, and Henry is being played by Theo James. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how, because I kind of feel a film was too limited of a time, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how that story can unfold over a series. You know what I mean? But people, that is us. We are done for another week. Enjoy whatever the fuck you've been doing. Um, And until next time, uh, peace.